0: This is Friday Night Frights brought to you by Starburst Magazine. Make her one of us a loving cop, a loving cop. We accept the one of us, we accept
1: the one of us. Mm-hmm. Cop. Mm-hmm. Cop. Mm-hmm. Cop. Mm-hmm. We accept her, we accept her. Mm-hmm.
0: Hello and welcome to Friday Night Frights, the weekly horror podcast from Starburst magazine. I'm John Tolson and on tonight's show we have Dan Brownlee, producer and director of the new anthology movie, Threes a Shroud. Okay, so Dan, welcome to Friday Night Frights. Thank
1: you for having me.
0: And uh, it, it was great to see your movie *Three's a Shroud*. I Thank think, you. I think we need to explain to the Starburst listeners a little bit about the film because it's uh, it's uh, an anthology movie, and it's been quite a while since we've seen one of those. So, do you want to tell us a little bit about *Three's a Shroud*?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, *Three's a Shroud* was um, I wanted to do a different take on classic subgenres of horror. So what I we were doing in the film was take a ghost story, but update it, a uh, creature feature and update it in a slasher film and do something completely different that, just, that no one's ever thought of doing before and wrap it in a, the classic narrative story and create an anthology. Um, but the best way I thought of doing this was obviously being an independent filmmaker, you rely on a lot of favours and help, you know, help from other people and everyone chipping in for no pay. So I thought I'd get these people who've helped me and rather than directing it all myself, give each section to a different director. So I took the narrative story and the first story, then the second story was a friend of mine called David VG Davies. And I said, right, your only restrictions are it has to feature this clown creature I've designed. Apart from that, it's all yours. And then said to the other guy, uh, Andy Edwards, uh, known for House Pirate of the Dead series, it's got to be a slasher. Apart from that, go for it. And pretty much, I mean, I was on set a lot just because I was a 6 producer, so I like to, you know, just be there to show my face and see what was going on, but pretty much left them out to their own devices.
0: Fantastic. And uh, we have to tell the the listeners that it was produced for a pretty low budget, wasn't it? Although you wouldn't think so watching the film. But oh, can, thank you. Do you, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you went about raising that money?
1: If I knew someone who was buying a house, I'd say if you get it a couple of grand cheaper, do, would you like to invest in a film? I literally bothered everyone I knew. If it's 100 uh, quid, you know, 50 quid would feed a crew for a couple of days. So I literally just bugged everyone until I scraped together the bare amount to make the film.
0: But you managed to get a pretty good cast together, didn't you, including Emily Booth. So how did you go about getting those people involved?
1: Um, The the, the greatest thing about horror is that they're actually genuinely lovely people. I mean, I I was told this from quite early on, that if people who are generally a certain wage per day If they like what you're doing and they can see you're not just trying to get them for cheap, you've honestly not got the money and you're really trying, they will drop. Like Susan Lorraine came over from America and she did it for for Peanuts because she liked what we were doing, saw what we were about, and she said, yeah, you know, I I want to support you. So it was just people being lovely and us us utilising the contacts we had.
0: Okay, well, I am going to bug you with a technical question now because I remember when we first met and you told me about the film, I was very struck by what you told me about the camera that you used. So can you tell the, the listeners about the camera?
1: The camera? Well, the camera for the majority, there's actually three, every, one of the filmmakers used a camera, which technical name is way beyond me, but the most part we use a 7D.
0: Okay, which means nothing to me. <laughs> You'll have to explain it.
1: 7D, it's, um, it's basically a Canon camera, which was, which, I don't know why they put a filming function on there, but it's meant for photography. And for some reason, I do not know why, they put a film function on there, and then someone figured out you could actually shoot films. And because it's a Canon camera, or is it a Canon? that. But you get what I mean. It's a photography camera. You have all these beautiful lenses, and so so whatever company was, I should really know because I've you know filmed fire films and everything. But yeah, but that—that's because they're so small. You can get in all these corners which you can't with a regular big movie-style camera. But a lot of them have used it. Um, uh, and I was a film watch the other day um, with Chrome Skull in it. Later S2, they used it, and you, wow. you wouldn't know because the, the lenses are so good.
0: So I assume having a camera that's so sort of lightweight and portable, you can not only get fantastic shots, sort of strange, interesting camera angles, which in in fact, you do in your film, but also the lighting is probably a lot easier as well, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they are fantastic cameras. I know, essentially, you really want to move up to the red because that looks like film. But for independent filmmakers, I think that is by far the best camera. Also, it does it directly onto chip. So what you do is you take the chip out of the camera, you load it up, you check the rushes as you're loading up the other one. And so you can instantly know if you've made a mistake or not. You don't have to worry about rewinding the cameras. So you can use it and check the rushes. It's an absolutely fantastic piece of equipment.
0: Well, it sounds really fantastic for would-be filmmakers. So did, what did you edit on? Did you use Final Cut Pro or something similar?
1: I did. I used Final Cut Pro. Again, um, I, I lucked into it. I, I'm not sure if I can say who gave it to me, because I don't want to get in trouble. But <laughs> someone mentioned to somebody else that i was um, doing films and they said to this person how serious is he taking it and they were all very serious he's doing a feature film and they literally just handed over a cup, copy of final cut pro and said go for it download it on your computer you can but you can use our rights
0: and did you find that you, you were managing to get the sort of look that you wanted for the film with using the kind of grading facilities that you've got on final cut
1: I, I am by no means a grader. The person who did the grading on my section um, and partly on Andy's section was a guy called John Sellings, and he has been the patron saint of post-production. He just... Um, he, he's a professional. He works for Jellyfish at the moment, I think. He did... I think he works on world Walking with Dinosaurs. He's, he's, I mean, that's his full-time job. He's he's a visual effects artist and post. But he just... he Again, he likes what we we're about, likes what the story in a film and saw we had no money um to this day he i mean he's been working on it for months he, like i went around there the other day he's held and sorting out a dvd as well and yeah all for nothing just because you know because he believed in what we were doing
0: it's certainly good to have people like that around isn't it that's really one of the keys to making a very low budget horror movie isn't it having the the people around with the know-how and you know the technical expertise as well as having the great actors who are willing to sort of give up their time
1: yeah, yeah, no, yeah, everyone pulls together and that's that's why that's why it's such a good genre to get into because everyone's everyone's up for it. Everyone love people who love horror, love horror. They they really back it. You don't some most horror fans don't sort of go, mm, it's all right, you know, dramas, people go, yeah, I kinda of like dramas. Horror fans are all really passionate about it, and that's that's what drives it.
0: Well, it sounds like a good time to really talk a little bit more about your background. So how did you come to become a filmmaker? What did you do before you did Threes of Shroud?
1: Oh, how to become a filmmaker? I've got a very good friend of mine called Mark Pips, um, and one day he said, "I'm doing a short film. Do you want to help me?" And at this point, I knew mean nothing, and I mean nothing. There's a, there's a story of um, how little I know if I can remember. It's so long ago. How it happened? That was it. We were shooting in the, his friend's house, and I actually knew a girl who made independent films, and I phoned her up and I said, "Oh, we're making a film in a house. Um, can you help me?" And she said, yeah, sure. Have you got any lights? And I said, of course they've got lights. They live in a house. Thinking, do you mean lights from the sky? And she said, <laughs> sort of, oh, Daniel, redheads, blondes, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't know I had a clue what she was on about. And literally just learnt from there. When I was, there was a girl there called Sarah Komonski, who's also a filmmaker. And um, once we'd finished this five-day mess of a shoot it was just it was absolutely terrible I didn't have a clue what I was doing no one had a clue what they're doing apart from my two friends were just pretty much standing there laughing at us she turned around to me and said you know stick with this you've got a talent for it and that was five years ago since then I did one called Meat Feast um, then I did which was a two-minute short about a killer pizza I did a two-minute short about a killer bath bomb I then did a Half an hour short called Bear Scary um, about a killer teddy bear, which had which was my nephew's first introduction to film. Um, then just did a few more, and then basically got up enough, what I felt was enough experience, and I you refer to it as talent, to tackle something like a feature film.
0: Well, you produced Threes a Shroud as well as directed it, but you also wrote your section of it, didn't you? Yeah. And uh, when I watched it, I was very. Much uh, kind of reminded of the old Hammer House of Horror sort of shows. It had that sort of yeah. se- sense of suspense and claustrophobia. So tell us a little bit more about your piece in particular and, and how you approached it.
1: Well, I mean, you give hit the nail on the head. I, I, what, the brief I gave myself was a ghost story without ghosts. I wanted something. I didn't want any nudity, any gore. I mean, there's not a drop of blood in it. I just really wanted something intensely creepy. And it was, it was back to the, the old amicus hammer horror style, um, style anthologies. And that's why I picked um, Amber Lanson. I was at the Zone Awards and she walked past at the time she had black hair and she looked that sort of very, very 50s, 60s housewife, but updated. And that's why I picked I like, her. Ah, that's exactly what I want. It's, it's, I was, literally trying to get that sort of hammer, creepy, um, creepy effect to it. And, and from what you said, it, it worked, which is fantastic. But I, I really wanted it to be like... The Woman in Black was possibly film-wise, not the the pish with Harry Potter, the, the original play one. Um, that sort of really intensely creepy... Um, there's, there's actually five endings to that story. I was just trying to figure out which one would be the harshest. There's what, I'm not sure. No, I shouldn't tell you the other ones, just in case people... <laughs> Watch this before the film comes out, and then that's.
0: <laughs> no, we don't want any spoilers on here. We frown upon spoilers. No spoilers. No spoilers. Well, and uh, as you, you were saying to me earlier, that uh, you've actually got some screenings lined up now for the film. So tell us about that.
1: We have. We've got. Um, we've got our first screening we had offered to us was the Coaches Film Festival in Nottingham, which I'm one of the creative directors for. Um, they're playing some great films. They're playing um, Slime City Massacre one um, Ton Baby. They've got that. It's a proper. It's kind of the opposite of fright fest because fright fest. Although I love fright fest and have a great imagination for them, they're the kind of the higher end scale. These yeah. are the real underdog films. The sort of really gritty, nasty, no budget ideas that you would you, you wouldn't even think how i always one time baby why how the hell did they come up with that just like amazing grimy films um they've actually offered distribution and i think we're going for it as well um, it's trash house cinema um we've also been offered a spot at the cutting edge film festival uh, and that is up in edinburgh i believe um i'll say scotland to be safe because my geography is awful but it's definitely up there and i've just found out that we are in we've just been offered or confirmed in the british horror film festival um the press release hasn't come out yet so i'm not sure if i'm allowed to say that but i have so
0: excellent so when are these festivals taking place then
1: um the british film festival is on the 12th and 13th of october the co Film Festival is the third and fourth of November, and the Cutting Edge Film Festival has not had a specific date as yet, but that will be in October as well.
0: Excellent. So, what's up next for you then, Dan?
1: Um, I am I am working on loads of things. I've got, I've got a really good idea for a film called Hoods, um, which is based on the Tottenham riots. It's it's a Infection hoodie horror slasher sort of film. It doesn't. Uh, my, the right guy I'm writing me said he doesn't really know where it sits. I said that's what makes it beautiful. It is just a really nasty, dark, grim, horrible story set around the Tottenham riots. And but that's going to take a lot of work and a lot of money. So I'm developing that. Meanwhile, um, Danny Thompson wrote a script called Call Me. Which um we've had confirmation from John stars like Susie Lorraine again and Debbie Roshan, um, who have signed up for it. So that's gonna be absolutely amazing. And that's based on the world of Babe Station. I'm not sure if if anyone's heard of such shows,
0: but you you better explain for us.
1: Babe Station. I actually in all fairness, I I hadn't really watched these things until I had I, to I'm not to sure out.
0: I'm not sure Starburst readers will stay up that late, but tell us anyway.
1: <laughs> it's basically you get hot women wearing very little nattering on the phone and you phone them up and you talk to them, and it's, it's absolutely—you <laughs> know, there's there's plenty of porn free on the internet. Why would you want to phone to someone chatting nonsense? It's absolutely beyond me. But um, but Danny wrote it and gave it to me, and then she gave me the. She's basically, I said, look, I, I I know horror. I do kill scenes so well. Can I rewrite all the kill scenes? So I rewrote all the kill scenes. So the kill scenes are absolutely brutal and just ah, just manic and bloody and gory. And I just up them through the roof. And she was like, you know, yeah, go for it. Um but yeah but, we, but we've been, because it's kind of it's I mean it's a slasher you know essential slasher of the whole sure. boobs and blood thing but we're going to try and add a lot of satire to it kind of poke fun at the industry and and the way we place so much on beauty and the, the killer you would kind of find out that that has a lot to play with why they've gone nuts in the first place. so uh, the, on the top it looks like a slumber party massacre-esque story but underneath when you actually watch it is it's going to be a whole lot more it's going to be quite dark and twisted
0: cool i said i'm intrigued by that dan sounds good (laughs) so what would finally your what would be your uh, advice to anybody starting out maybe you know thinking about getting into horror making a few short films as a director um what would you say to them
1: do it as it do it, absolutely do it. There's, I was actually chatting to someone at Fright Fest, and they said, "Oh yeah, everything that starting to, doing the short films is do it. One of the best things you ever do. You'll get stressed out. You'll lose sleep. Unfortunately, I haven't lost weight yet, which you know would have been handy. But yeah, just just do it. And once you start, you start. Other people fall in. It, it becomes self perpetuating. like I I started with." And me and the mate and a, a couple of people who did sort of weird art house films but once I started getting out there someone else goes oh you do films blah blah blah. and you know you sort of work out who to take along for the ride who to leave back then I mean thing is I, I'm an art teacher as well and what I always tell my kids is art is easy you've just got to figure out to destroy the magic in your head don't look at something as an object break it down it's the same as film film is easy Look at special features. Read the books. It's so easy. Special effects are easy to do. You've just got to get better at it. So don't look at this wonderful thing on screen and, oh, isn't it amazing? Do it. Get your mates to do it. Work. Figure out how it works. Once you figure out how it works, the doors open up, and that's it. You just run with it.
0: Dan, you're an inspiration. Thank you so much. <laughs> My pleasure. Three's the Shroud plays festivals in the UK this autumn. For more information, visit threestheshroud.com. Friday Night Frights. Well, that's it for tonight's Friday Night Frights. But don't forget you can reach me via the Starburst website or on Twitter at starburst underscore mag. Until next time, stay, stay scared. scared. You